be over-prepared, give yourself more time and have more options. So if you are the person who's supplying the clothing options, have more than you think you'll need. And I'm in love with the good life. Can't give it up. Make it to the top and keep climbing. Welcome to the Easemakers podcast presented by Nines for people who are passionate about the art of private service. Every estate manager has a story and this is where you get to hear them. On this show, you'll learn from the best in the business, get tips and inspiration to fuel your career, and connect with people who get it. Subscribe now and join the conversation at easemakers.com. I'm Mohammed Elsmore, and today, Kristen Twyford and I are talking about wardrobe management with Natalie DeClef. Natalie is a personal stylist, and in this conversation, she shares her tips for managing wardrobes across multiple properties, as well as the insights she's learned working as a holistic stylist for CEOs, celebrities, and more since 2009. I started in the middle of a recession, which everybody thought was a little crazy. And I felt like if I could make it during that time, then, you know, it's only uphill from there. So, um, yeah, I work with private clients exclusively at this point. I've done everything from photo shoots to celebrities, all of it, and found that private clients were really the most rewarding for me. And I really loved building the personal relationship with people Um, and developing self-confidence. You know, it just feels a lot more rewarding to work with individuals than it does to sell product in a photo shoot or, you know, work with a celebrity who's getting a lot of things for free or takes things for granted maybe a little bit or, you know, it's just a different different world. Um, So I actually didn't really intend for it to become a career. It was, I was working in fashion PR previously And I knew that I loved parts of my job, but I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do from there. And I knew that my work environment was really toxic, the company that I was working for. So I, rather than signing a new contract with a new company, I thought I would take a little time out, think about it and jump back in. And um, that think about it process included um, working with private clients just to clean out their closets. I was thinking, you know, what are what are some skills that I have that I can do immediately without getting a new, a new job? And um, yeah, that was 17 years ago or something. It, it really snowballed organically. Great. Well, Natalie, we're so excited to have you on the show. We want to start with a lightning round of fun questions to help people get to know you. Yeah. So to start out, what's a type of project that gets you really excited? Oh, gosh. Um, well, there's a few different answers. So I would say um, currently a project that I'm working on is my own home design. I do some home design for clients too. And um, it's a little bit of newer territory for me. So it still feels very exciting. Um, And I love to kind of practice on my own spaces and we're in the process of moving. So I really love that. And I would say also from clients with my new clients, I love when I have a client who really needs a full fresh makeover. So, you know, it's kind of a cathartic closet cleanse followed by a soup to nuts brand new wardrobe that's my favorite because it really obviously has the biggest impact and um it's just fun what's a story you love to tell from your time in private service oh um i often talk about a time when one of my clients who i didn't really know very well um told me that she was pregnant before she told her husband um so just because it really exemplifies how one on how close you get to people so quickly. You know, I always wanted to have a show called Closet Therapy because my my sessions with my clients become so much more than just wardrobe and and dressing. And it is often about so much more than 
you know, the clothing aspect, why they came to me. Maybe they just went through a transition of some kind. It's a birthday or a new job or a divorce or something like that. And so um, those personal relationships develop quickly. What is a store or a brand that you love because they have amazing service? Where is a place that you always recommend because of their incredible service experience? I work with Bergdorf Goodman a lot. And I'm a part of their personal styling VIP team. And it's amazing. I mean, I remember before I was in fashion officially, just like looking at Bergdorf and thinking, oh, this is just the tops, the most glamorous, the most special, you know, shopping experience, because it's so much more than a department store. They make my job easier. And I feel like whenever I bring my clients in there, I know that we'll be really well taken care of and that their experience is going to be super positive. Is there a wardrobe tip that you have that you think estate managers and house managers, personal assistants could benefit knowing? Could be for themselves, could be for getting their principles just uh, for success. Yeah, dressing for an interview for their, their own selves. You never know. Yeah, I think for interviews or even just for every day, it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. Everybody's heard it, but it's really true. Um, I think it just provides an air of confidence. And sometimes people tend to underdress because they're worried about getting attention or things like that. But um, I think that being well-dressed is going to give you the right kind of attention. So I think it's important to always look super clean and crisp, even if you don't expect that you're going to see your boss that day, um, because that's the day that you will. (laughs) I always tell everybody that the day that you leave your house in like the worst mismatched sweatpants and stained t-shirt or something is the day that you run into the ex-boyfriend or the boss, the old boss, the new boss, somebody that you want to impress. So to kind of try and, and always look the part, even when you're off duty is important. Love it. Well, we want to get into the heart of our conversation about managing wardrobes, especially across multiple homes. Um, And to start out, before we get into the nitty gritty of how to do that, Mm -hmm. I want to really talk about the why and why it matters and your approach as a holistic stylist. I love that framing. And uh, tell us a little bit about what holistic styling means to you and how being really purposeful about, you know, your wardrobe and your wardrobe management can have a ripple effect in every aspect of your life. So for these uh, for these private service professionals who are managing wardrobes for their principals, what's the impact of really focusing on this? Sure. I mean, I always say it's, it's automating, automating one more element of your life, right? So the less energy and time you have to spend getting dressed, the more energy and time you have to spend on everything else in the day. Um, And it's really just, it makes it so clean and simple. So, you know, my final, the process is basically a closet cleanse, then we shop together really thoughtfully. And then I create a lookbook at the end. So they just open their phone. And whether it's an assistant or the principal themselves, they just open their phone, they look at the outfit, they pull it out, they put it on, done, you know, and the, the amount of again, like energy and time, I just always bring it back to that. Because most of my feedback is I feel like I have more confidence, I have the ability to take on the day, I, I can ask a girl out at a coffee shop, I can, you know, ask for a raise, I can enter a meeting with confidence, it's, it, it brings so much more than just, hey, I like this outfit. So for that part, I would just say, that's the, that's the real magic there. 
And then it became holistic styling because, um, as I kind of mentioned before, it's such a personal relationship and I spend so much one-on-one time that I was starting to realize that people were asking for more than just wardrobe advice. They were wondering, well, where do you vacation? What kind of workouts do you do? You know, how do you stay healthy? How do you keep a happy mindset? And, um, it was just out sprung out of these long conversations that you have when you're spending all day shopping with someone or all day in their closet and you're seeing them in a really vulnerable position too, because they're talking about their body type or, you know, their whatever's going on that brought them to you. Um, and very often it's just, I don't have the time, but why don't you have the time? Is it because you're an incredibly busy CEO? Is it because you have a super active social life? You know, there's always so much going on. So yeah, it becomes relationship advice. It becomes everything, but the real holistic elements that I tap on are sometimes wellness advice. So I will frequently refer um, my clients to acupuncturists or meditation specialists or people that have helped me or other people in my circle um, previously that I can really stand behind. And then, as I mentioned also briefly, the home styling. So I call it styling. It's not home design. I don't do any you know structural things, but I reconfigure spaces so that they feel really beautiful and easeful, um, just the way that it, your clothing should. And specifically, when speaking of the clothing itself, what are some common moments that you see across all of your clients, common questions that come up, common conversations that you have with them when you start to take that trip and you start to begin to set them up for success wardrobe wise? I would say in the beginning, it's almost always a little bit of embarrassment or trepidation of like, okay, I'm going to show you my inner contents here. You know, (laughs) I'm inviting you into my home. I'm showing you my closet. I'm telling you, Uh, where I don't feel great. And then it's this building of trust. So by the end, they're, you know, again, telling me personal things, wanting to spend more time feeling really comfortable, you know, giving me feedback, all of those things. And it all just comes from that trust. I think it's always a little scary. Everybody's seen those makeover shows, right? Where like, some big bossy LA girl comes into your closet, tells you everything is wrong. You're the worst, you know, and like tears it down. And it's really not that, you know, it's much more, how can I help you? How can I support your goals? How, how do you feel like you could maybe use some help? Where do you feel like you could maybe use some help and how can I fill those gaps? Yeah. And you touched on this just a second ago where you were mentioning, you know, are you a busy CEO? What's going on in your life that you need this help? Are there common catalysts for making this a priority? Do you see patterns in the moments in people's lives where they're like, oh, I really need support here? Definitely. I would say divorces are big. New jobs are big. Moving to New York City. I've seen a lot of people come from other parts of the country and say, I don't understand how to dress for this kind of environment. Um, you know, socially, it's different. Things are more polished here or whatever. Um, although I have clients all over the world. So um, that could be moving somewhere else. But uh, yeah, I would say moving is a big one. Also, new moms have always been a big category for me. A lot of women who may have just recently given birth, or maybe they have four and five-year-olds and they haven't paid attention to themselves in a long time and their body is different than it used to be. And they don't have the same time that they used to, to think about their wardrobe. And now you have to worry about, you know, spit up or more practical things, but you still want to look polished and pulled together. It's a whole new identity really. So that was always a really big category for me. And now as a new mom, I feel like I understand it even more. <laughs> and definitely, as I mentioned, the the busyness factor. So I think you know, if there's a common thread, it's always people are either 
very busy or they have just gone, gone through a transition and for some reason feel like they have to start at square one. So, you know, those are kind of the two categories that I see the most. Speaking of wardrobe management logistically, mostly clients probably have multiple homes. How are you setting them up with the wardrobes across all these different locations? Yes, lots of different locations. And I love that because it gives you the ability to kind of have variety in your wardrobe and also maybe express a different side of yourself in each location. So um, there are a lot of clients where I will try and make duplicates of everything if the, you know, the lifestyle is similar and the climate is similar. Um, One thing I recommend is if they have the ability to have those duplicates to never move things between locations, because that's when it gets really confusing. That's when all of a sudden it's like, where is my, you know, favorite fur coat? Where is that perfect pair of jeans? Like, you know, then it's, it's, it's always sort of in limbo and you don't know which dry cleaner has it. You don't know which house has it. There's too many things that can come up. So if it's possible to really keep them separated, I definitely advocate for that. And Beyond that, it's just sort of the lookbook element. Again, having the lookbook, once I've created that with the client and we've put the outfits together, then you have a digital photo of what should be in each closet at each time. So it's a little easier to keep track of. Absolutely. Thinking about that and sort of inventorying all of the items in your wardrobe, what advice would you give to private service professionals tasked with doing something like that? You know, if they have a closet and they realize they need a better way of managing all of that, what tips would you give to them? Yes. So I would say, again, don't move the things between houses if you can um, and take pictures. So even if you, you know, I think obviously the benefit of having a stylist is that you're actually putting the outfits together. But even if you're not a stylist, if you can just take photos of everything that should be there, then you can flip back through. So even if you know, it's it might be tedious, if it's a big wardrobe, I'm sorry for your iCloud album, (laughs) your iCloud storage, but um, it can be really helpful to just have that because otherwise, it's too easy to forget. And very often what I'll find too, is my client might say, Hey, you remember those Prada slingbacks? Um, Do you think they would go with that uh, dress that we bought last season. And I'll be like, I have no idea which one you're talking about. I work with so many people at a time. I I have to like refresh my own memory, you know? And so in, in having the iCloud shared album, I can go in and see it and they can go in and see it too. So then I can always say, Oh, actually I do remember those, but I think this other pair might go better or whatever. And you also mentioned how you like to make the whole home feel easier, but thinking about that physical closet and the places where they're actually storing their wardrobe, are you applying some of those same principles in those spaces where they're keeping their clothes? What tips do you have for that? Yes, definitely. A big part of the closet cleanse is, as it sounds, a cleanse. So I try to say it doesn't matter how much space you have. It doesn't matter how much money you've spent on an item. I want every single thing in that closet to be either fabulous or foundational. So I want you to say, okay, I've only worn this dress once in the past six years, but it's so great. And I love it so much. And it's going to have its moment. Or this black sweater is very functional. It's not exciting, but I wear it all the time. And anything in between, it's always those like, well, maybe if it's like a rainy day in June and it's kind of warm, but like I have to have the right shoe and it only works on a skinny day. Those are so frustrating because <laughs> they get in the way of everything else that you really want to wear. And so A, you'll look and feel, you'll look into your closet and feel cluttered because there's too much in there. 
And B, you won't be able to see the things that you actually want to wear. So you might end up wearing something that's kind of makes you feel meh just because it's there and you can't find the other things. And so that's how that common uh, conundrum of a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear happens is when you're really keeping too much usually. So um, I, I really try to be super strict about what stays and that's regardless of space. And I think it's important to have a little bit of extra space and room. So I try to get rid of as much as possible in the home too. You know, I don't love clutter on bookshelves or bedside tables or anywhere. Um, I want you to look around the house and love everything that you see, or maybe it's a coaster that you need because it's functional by the bed. You know, it's the very same, same principles. Um, Cause again, it's, easy to look, walk into a room. And if it's a mess, and if you feel closed in, even if you have a lot of space, that affects the way that you walk through the rest of the day. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You mentioned earlier, PAs and house managers may often play a crucial role in managing the wardrobes of their principals. How can they effectively collaborate with a wardrobe stylist like yourself to ensure a seamless wardrobe management process? Yes, I do this a lot. I have several clients that I will work with their assistants on a daily basis. And maybe I see the client once or twice a year. Um, So this is again, where having a lookbook is really helpful. So once I've created that, then the assistant will often say, Hey, my client has three events coming up next week, what should he wear? Or, you know, um, we had a problem with this pair of jeans that just got stained. Here's a picture of it. Can we replace it? Um, It's basically just one more buffer that the client doesn't have to worry about, um, you know, keeping track of those clothing items or what he has to wear. He doesn't have to reach out to me. It's already taken care of between us. And then the assistant will usually lay out the outfit physically. So, you know, he just walks in, take a shower. There's his outfit. That's really helpful. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet when it comes to wardrobe? Any other words of advice that you would share with private service professionals who are tasked with managing complex wardrobes? I would just say it's important to be really thoughtful about everything that comes into the house. And, you know, it's sometimes it's a tricky conversation to suggest, right? Like it's difficult to suggest to a principal that they get a stylist. You kind of have to have to have that come up organically. Um, But in offering to edit, I think the conversation will come naturally. So, you know, if, if you're trying to organize a closet and it's very full, you might want to suggest, you know, are there some things that we could get rid of here? Is it, is it worthwhile to maybe call in a stylist? Would you be interested in doing some wardrobe organization? Um, You know, and you can frame it in a really positive way that it's like, it's just one more easeful, it's one more outsourcing, one more, you know, person who can come in with a little bit of expertise and take care of a lot in a little bit of time. So it ends up usually saving everybody a lot of time. So it feels like a little bit of an investment, maybe you have to spend an afternoon doing it, but then you don't think about it for the next six months, maybe longer. Absolutely. When you've talked with private service professionals who manage something chaotic before, and then they've gone through this process and really streamlined everything, what's the feedback? Do you have some before and after stories that you can share? Definitely. Um, Again, the catalyst question comes back up of like, very often it's someone who's just moved. So their things are everywhere and they feel really out of sorts or 
Um, I had a woman who had gone through a really messy divorce and she was kind of still go- going through it and was just like, you know, I, I need to get a handle on something to make me feel like I have some control in this moment of, of difficulty, you know? So, um, after doing it, she kind of felt like, you know what, I can, I can face the divorce lawyers. I can face this next chapter and be excited about it and sort of celebrate myself and move through it with a little bit more grace. Awesome. Any other tips you find yourself sharing over and over again? Any other mantras you would want people to keep in mind? Well, fabulous and more foundational, 100%. Um, love or bust, not lust is another one I always say. That's a little bit for more for when we're shopping. Um, you know, I think people have a tendency, especially when, you know, funds are not an issue to just say, oh, I'll just take both or I'll just take, I'll just take it anyway because it's not expensive. And that doesn't matter to me. You have to have to really love something when it's coming in or it's going to be another one of those add-on items that you bought for no good reason. (laughs) And it just ends up in clutter. So I like to think about things, especially, you know, when a client has the luxury of um, money not being as much of an issue to say, I don't care about the brand. I don't care about the amount of money. I just care about how much you really love it and how much it's going to serve whatever function we need. And that goes when I'm cleaning out closets too. You know, a lot of times people will kind of be more attached to something just because they know it's Chanel or it was very expensive or, you know, maybe it was a a gift from a mother-in-law that's not even sentimental, but you just feel guilty. And I, I like to try and encourage people to get rid of that guilt and just let it go because you're not earning any money by keeping it. <laughs> and it's not going to make anybody feel better by sitting in that box in the bottom of your closet. So exactly. Well, any other final words of wisdom that you would share with private service professionals who are tasked with managing wardrobes or any final words of wisdom around just holistic styling in general? I would just say, try to keep it simple. You know, I think sometimes it it's easy to offer more clothes, more steps, um, and it ends up just making it more difficult. So keep it simple, keep it clean, and um, keep things separate. Keep, keep the keep the wardrobe separate. That's that's my number one takeaway from the day. <laughs> Don't mix them; it gets too confusing. And if you're doing donations or something for someone, just make sure that you have a. Um, a written record of that too, because I've also run into scenarios where people are like, go through the closet, get rid of everything. You know, just, I don't care. We just need to make space. And then they'll come back and say, "Uh Oh, my grandmother's bracelet was in there. Do you know if it went to this donation place or do you know, you know, so, um, try and do some kind of catalog so that if anything needs to be recovered, you can try and do that. Wow. That's a great tip. Any other lessons that you've learned the hard way or things that you would share words of warning or anything like that? Um, be overprepared. <laughs> Always be overprepared. Mm-hmm. Give yourself more time and have more options. So if you are the person who's supplying the clothing options, have more than you think you'll need. And also making relationships. I mean, the reason that my business runs so smoothly and I'm able to help my principals so much is that I've built so many relationships in retail. So I have people, you know, calling me and messaging me from all different parts of the world. And I'm able to complete their ask pretty quickly and easily because I have a fleet of people also, you know, I have my people at Bergdorf and Prada and, and, you know, smaller stores too. So that's that it takes a village, you know, to really make things easy. So I would say 
definitely build connections, network, be kind to everyone. They always come back around. Any strategies for personal assistants or house managers to create those types of relationships? Definitely networking, you know, just speak to everyone. And if it's specifically in in wardrobing, if you're doing exactly what I do, I mean, I pounded the pavement in the very beginning of my career, I would just walk into a store and say, I'm a stylist, here's what I do, I need a contact here, are you willing to work with me? And then it's just takes time, the more that you bring them business, the more that they will be receptive and offer you VIP services or commissions or discounts or those kinds of things. Um, And most importantly, just you know, get you the things that you need for your clients. So it just takes time and relationship building. Thank you to Natalie DeClef for joining us today. Follow along with Natalie on Instagram at Natty underscore style. To connect with other estate managers on a regular basis, join the conversation in the EaseMakers community. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to hear more from experts in the private service industry, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Tell us about your favorite episodes and let us know what you want to learn next. The EaseMakers podcast and the EaseMakers community are presented by Nines, the first dynamic household management platform built for discerning households and the private service professionals who support them. Visit NinesLiving.com to see how Nines can help you bring your house manual to life so you can live with ease. I'm Mohamed Elzamore. And I'm Kristen Twyford. And we'll see you next time on the EaseMakers Podcast.